their response to me was, well, what if you never see the blessing? And I was like, wow. I was like, well, right there, it's already, your process is already wrong already because if you don't see yourself blessed already, if you um, haven't received the blessing already in your life, then how are you going to um, know how to receive the increase? The more God has for you when you haven't even identified the existing blessings that are already there. And so it made my my spirit just, you know, run and move. And I was just like, you know, their perspective was so um, not kingdom minded. You know, we're having these kingdom minded classes now. That's another thing we got to share. We're having these uh, kingdom minded, you know, the kingdom of God classes on Thursday nights. And um, we're really excited about that because we talk about the kingdom. We, 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 we read it in our word, but our mindset is not driven in a kingdom mindset sometimes. And when this person was telling me this, I, I immediately, you know, thought to myself, you know, they don't understand the process of the kingdom of God and how the kingdom of God can use anybody and anything to bless you. It doesn't have to come from the way that you expect it to come through. And what happens is when we have an expectation on man and not on God anymore, then what happens is it creates hope defer. And so I was like, well, you know, this person is, is in hope defer now because their blessing didn't come from the very thing they expected it from, that now um, they've, they've uh came in discouragement, they came in all these things, and now I'm like trying to shift their mindset, trying to shift how they're processing this whole situation. So it made my spin, my wheel spin, like me and my husband say, on um, what blessing looks like, and um, do we really understand to identify our blessings in our life? And let me tell you why we don't know how to identify blessings sometimes. Because what happens is we become familiar. We become familiar with our everyday blessings in our life. Uh, familiarity with people or things causes you to no longer value and see things as a blessing. It gets you to a stage of complaining instead of being in thanksgiving. And I, I mean, I'm just very transparent and real. It happens to all of us. <laughs> All of us, we get into a stage of complaining because things don't work out the way that we want them to work out. And we totally miss the blessing in that very thing God is trying to give us because we become to we start complaining about it. So I really believe, you know, even this morning we were singing the song, you know, the blessings. And um, and right now God is trying to teach us to value our blessings to be thankful for the blessings he's giving us that we sometimes take for granted and we don't identify them as blessings anymore. And so I was, you know, spending time with the Lord and the Lord was just telling me about, um, you know, even as we were singing this morning, the blessings were always for generations and generations to come. It wasn't just blessings just for you and your spouse, but it was blessings for your whole entire family for years and years to come. So it doesn't just stop with you here right now, 
or maybe you watching, but it extends to the other generations that come after you, and it's brought from the generations before you. I'm amazed when I when I first came here to Ohio, I was so amazed of the farms here because you go around to see the farms and you see like some of them say since 1801, since 18 something, since and I'm thinking like Oh my God, I'm like counting all the years and all the, I'm like decades, <laughs> you know, I'm like, you know, all the years that um, the generation sacrificed to bring it to a now time that there's a family living on that farm, living off of that, um, that one seed that, that started everything that's been multiplied over the years that brought them to a now time. And it's, if you really sit and think about it, you know, because sometimes we can become familiar with what's around us. So we don't think about those things. We're like, oh yeah, that's a farm. Yeah, we have, we have tons of farms here. But there was sacrifice and there was a lot laid down on the line from each generation from times past into, into a now time that now they're reaping from what past generations have brought to them. And they're continuing the legacy to continue being the farmers on the farmland to even leave their kids, their grandkids, just like we were saying. It's the same thing in the kingdom of God. And so our blessings are not just for us, but they're for generations to come. They're from the generations of past that left us a blessing even to us. And... Um, what is our perspective of what a blessing supposed to be? You know, because everybody has a different perspective of what blessing supposed to look like and what it's supposed to be according to how you grew up. You know, um, if, you, uh, if you were brought up valuing things, if you grew up poor or if you grew up rich, um, all those things, they impact you on what you value. They impact you on how you process blessing. Somebody who has a lot of money and they get a check in the mail, it's not gonna be a big deal. They're not gonna see that as a blessing sometimes. Cause they're like, oh, I got loads of money already. I don't need the money. But you know, that's great, I got a check in the mail. Somebody who's in lack of money, they get a check in the mail. It's like, hallelujah, do a praise dance because I needed this amount of money to come in. And then they, that person will see the blessing. You see, so everybody's perspective is different on blessings. But see, there's a blessing that God spoke about. You know, I, I was thinking about that today. You know, I think one of the first verses that God really touched me with in coming to know him was Joel 3.10. Because um, you always speak the opposite of what you feel in your natural mind that you want to believe. And Joel 3.10 says, let the weak say I'm strong let the poor say I'm rich. That, that is to say you should not speak negatively no matter your present condition. So dare to speak and act positively at all times. That's the kingdom mindset. You have to begin, <laughs> you have to begin to shift the way you process, to shift the way you think in your blessings. That if you're poor, if you feel you're poor. I've had people that think they're poor because they can't get their nails, their, their nails done and their hair colored. And they think, I'm so broke. 
And I'm looking at him like, but wait a minute, are you really broke or do you have money in the bank? No, I got some money in the bank for the bills, but I just don't have extra money to do extra things. Then you're not broke. You're not poor. You know what I'm saying? But their perception of it is like, man, I'm in lack. I'm poor. I'm, I'm going through the struggle bus, like some people say. And I'm like, no, really, you're not. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so <laughs> I just think it's funny how everybody's so different in that area. The, ble- the blessing, it means, um, <laughs> the word blessing in the scripture means a special favor, mercy, or a benefit. The blessings of liberty. Do you know that liberty is a blessing? A favor, a gift bestowed by God, thereby bringing happiness. <laughs> the joy we were talking about was so on key because there should be joy in your blessings. And you're like, well, we say that, Bart, but we don't act on that. And let me tell you why. Because it's real quick in our mouth and in our mind to say, oh, yeah, I'm, I live in Thanksgiving. I'm thankful all the time. But that's not being real. That's not being transparent there. There's days you wake up and you're like, God, I got it. Maybe you have a job. The job's a blessing. It, it is a blessing, but you get up complaining about the job you have to go to. You don't mean to do that, but you do it. You know, you got to go take out the trash. <laughs> We complain about taking out the trash. And God's like, aren't you blessed that you have trash pickup to come pick up your trash every week? That it's not like another country where there's trash everywhere on the streets and you smell the stench of, of trash everywhere? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, I'm getting in the nitty gritty here because <laughs> let me tell you, let me tell you, <laughs> our perception and our views has to change and be different right now. Our, he's teaching us about blessings. These blessings we have should bring us happiness. What brings the happiness? Rabashi. It's like, what does it look like in the kingdom of God? You know, in Genesis 12, 1 through 3, Abraham talks about blessing. And the Lord comes to Abraham, and the Lord tells Abraham, leave your native country, your relatives, your father's family, and go to the land that I show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on the earth will be blessed through you. This is God telling Abraham about blessing. He's teaching Abraham what blessing really looks like. You, you know, I mean, some of you don't understand this, but I understand this. When God told Abraham to leave his nation or his country, that's a big deal. That is huge. And maybe God's never asked you to transition to another state or another country. (laughs) But let me tell you, if he were to ask you to do that at any point of your life, it's a huge deal. Everything is different somewhere else where you go. You're not in your comfort zone anymore. And then God telling him, if you're obedient to do this, then I'm going to bless you. 
You're moving away from your family. You're moving away from things that you know. You're moving away from uh, uh, just your, uh, <laughs> you know, calling somebody up and when you need help at times. You're moving away from all of that. You're making that choice in obedience to God. And then God says, but trust in me because I'm going to bless you. When you leave away from everybody, when you leave away from everything you know, trust in me because I'm going to bless you in that place. Isn't it so opposite, right? It's so opposite. And I love that about God because he doesn't think the way that we think. Our thinking process is a mess sometimes. In Numbers 6, 24 through 26, this is Moses. And Moses is telling Aaron, uh, let's start with verse 22. And it says, the Lord says to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. So God comes again and says, this is how you speak a blessing over them. This is what you say to them. We sung about it this morning. That's why I was saying I'm like through worship and, and the release of what God was saying about joy and all this. I mean, really, I could have just sat there. But let me tell you, he comes, Moses tells Aaron how to pray and bless the Israelites. And this is what uh, Moses tells Aaron. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. How could Moses say that to Aaron? Moses could say that because it was real to Moses. Remember, Moses is the one that experienced the face-to-face -face encounters with God. Nobody else had experienced that. So when Moses told Aaron to speak a blessing over them, he came out of a place of presence, and he came out of a place of encounters. So it was very real to him. So when he says, Aaron, I want you to go speak this over them. I want you to declare that over them, that they come to a face-to-face -face experience with God that maybe they don't even know that they've missed it. And, and the Lord says, I'm going to bless you and keep you. You know, when I read those words, keep you, I see like a blanket from the Lord just coming and wrap over us. Like I'm going to, even his wing, you know, the scripture that talks about the wing coming and you getting underneath the wing. That's how I see keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. That's his glory. That was the one thing Moses encountered was the glory of God, that as soon as he had the encounter with God, that that glory began to shine on Moses' face with the face-to-face -face encounter. And he's like, his face shine on you. That you look like Jesus in the glory. That it's not about any of us. You know, I, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I was like, you know, we have missed the faceless generation. We should be having so much glory upon our faces as Moses did that people will not be able to distinguish what we look like. Because the light and the glory is so heavy on your face that all they can see is the light of the Lord. And they don't see you anymore. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. When you get the Lord's attention and his face has turned to you, 
That is a huge deal. Let his face turn towards you. When your kids are calling on you and you're busy doing something, the minute that you turn to give attention to your child and look at them in the face, that is when they know they've caught your attention. And they'll keep saying, mommy, mommy, daddy, daddy, until they have the face-to-face with you and know they've got your full attention. This is what God's talking about here. He's like, the Lord turned his face towards you and give you peace. That as soon as God's face turns towards us, that we encounter him with his peace. Then he goes on to say, so they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. I read that part and I was like, because they looked like the Lord. They, what is, what does the word of God say? Make me in your image, right? Mm -hmm. That's what he's talking about here. He's like, I want you to pray this blessing over them that they look like me. Mm -hmm. That when I see them, when I see the glory on their face, when I see all of that encounter on them, that I'm going to bless them because I'm going to know that they're marked. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so I was reading this and I was like, God, You're talking about encounters with you here, that we look like you, that we sound like you, that we walk in your in your peace. But see, we still have our times in our lives where we wake up and we think we're not blessed. We wake up thinking of all the things we don't have. We wake up thinking of the things that we lack in. We wake up thinking about the things that um, that are no longer there anymore, and it creates hope deferred, makes your heart sick. Um, we start complaining about things when really there's blessing in the very thing that you're complaining about. And every house is going to be different. Your complaining is going to be different than somebody else's house. You know, maybe it's too loud in your house. God, I wish you would just be quiet. Then it gets quiet, and then you're like, man, I miss the noise. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So (laughs) I wanted to share some other scriptures. Um, I wanted to share another scripture of um, even the authority of God. I guess about a couple of weeks ago, the Lord began to speak to me about, you know, um, it was time to step more into the king part of who we are, not just the priest. Because the king and the priest work together to bring um, glory to God. But he says, you know, right now is a time of working in the king, even as a nation, because the kingly part of us is the part of of authority. And, you know, um, he was talking to me about how much authority we have in our words. And in James 3.10, it says, and so blessing and cursing can come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. They should not be coming out of the same mouth. When you get mad, when you have uh, anger issues, and you speak out of anger, and you speak out of being tired, and you speak, that the other stuff shouldn't be coming out of your mouth because you have authority in your mouth. And sometimes we end up even cursing ourselves with that, with the words we speak, and we don't realize it, because there's power in what we say. Yep. Some uh, cross-reference scriptures here: James one nineteen, 
My beloved brothers, understand this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. That's something I have to say over myself sometimes. I have to step out of situations and come before the Lord because I know that what I speak has power. And when you're offended or hurt by somebody, I'm just being transparent, your way of speaking can change in a minute because something has brought uh, an effect in your heart, a wound in your heart, that now you're agreeing with the enemy instead of agreeing with heaven and with Jesus. And the words that come out, even though you don't mean to, we're human beings, we're not perfect. Even though we don't mean to, words come out of our mouths. And guess what? Then we're like before the Lord, like, God, forgive me for what I just said. Because we have to under understand the weight of the tongue and how it works. James 3, 9, with the tongue we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who, may, who have been made in God's likeness. <laughs> I mean, that has to be an eye-opener. I mean, with the same tongue we bless our Lord and Father with, we end up, we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. It happens to all of us, guys. We don't mean to be like that, but God's reminding us about blessing and cursing with our tongue. Watch what you say. Don't say things lightly. You're an ambassador of the king. If the king was sitting next to you, would you say that with the king right by you? You've got to begin to filter these things with the Lord and not just say whatever. James 3.11 can both fresh water and bitter water flow from the same spring? No. No, it can't. There's living waters inside of us. When we say things that don't sound of the Lord, that don't sound like heaven, you know what helps me? I always think, well, would, you know, that old, that old saying, what would Jesus do? You know what I mean? Like, we had the little wristbands. We had the necklaces. We thought they were so cute, right? <laughs> but it's true. What would Jesus do in your situation? If we're not taking things back to God and filtering things to the Lord, then we're going to say and do things that don't line up with the word, that don't line up with Holy Spirit, that don't line up with heaven, and don't even realize it sometimes. <laughs> you know i really believe right now god is trying to give us meat he really is he's transitioning us as a congregation he's transitioning us as a body of christ and he's like okay baby it's time to grow up a little bit and the milk that you were drinking before it brought you comfort made you feel good but the meat that I'm giving you is going to bring, it's going to provoke you to change. On, it's going to provoke you to change. But change is painful sometimes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it helps to build your character. And sometimes our character, all the time actually, our character needs work on. Always. Our Always. character and our Always. nature should be like his. Yeah. It shouldn't be like how we grew up or what we were taught or, you know, things that, you know, because not everything we were taught growing up is matched with the word. Not everything we were taught growing up matches with the Holy Spirit in heaven. Right. 
So we have to learn, be open to learn new ways of change of how we speak, of how we walk with the Lord sometimes. And so, <laughs> and, and, and you know, I think I shared this last time I ministered, but I had a meet moment and I was like, oh my God. And, um, and you know, about inheritance, you know, and I would always tell my parents, I don't want anything when y'all pass away. I don't need anything. They pass away. I don't get anything. And the Lord comes and said, well, you got what you spoke. You got what you asked for. You asked for nothing. So guess what? You got nothing. And that was the meat for me. I was like, I've got to take this. Like some people say with a grain of sand, right? <laughs> salt is a salt sand, something like that. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? But I'm saying like, like those moments you have with God, you're like, it's like, you know, like wake up, like wake up, let your spirit wake up and learn something from this. So that way your character and nature can begin to change. And I can make you more alert to your authority and what you speak, that you take that as a growing process and not so much like a rebuke from God. Like the judgment side will come out like, man, the Lord just rebuked me and slapped me around. No, he's teaching you as his son, as his daughter, how to think and process things. You know, we take it as, man, that really, <laughs> that really hurt. No, yeah, yeah it hurt because, because we're set in our ways. Right. And, and change is not easy. I remember change was very hard for me in the beginning. When I had to go through my first transition from one state to another, I kept telling my husband, I don't know about this. I don't know about going to another state away from my mom. I always told him, you can take me anywhere in the world when my mom and dad pass away. But until then, I don't want to go nowhere. And then God showed up and said, oh, yes, you're going to go somewhere. Yeah, and it's going to be before your mom and dad pass away. Oh. And I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, that's the change of our mindset, of our processing. We have to take heed to Holy Spirit. And, you know, the one thing he said is, why are you sending me somewhere else? Because there's blessings there, just like Abraham. I'm sending you somewhere else because there's blessings there. And what do you follow? What, what were they following? Even with the Ark of the Covenant, they would, fo would follow where the favor was, where the Holy Spirit was leading them to go to. They were following the presence of God. You know, and we have a hard time in our natural mindset um, that sometimes we cut that off of what God speaks to us. In 1 Timothy 4, 4 through 5, it says, since everything God created is good, we should not reject any of it and give thanks, for we know it's made acceptable by the word of God in prayer. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about that this morning because um, the enemy always wants us to see the bad in things. He always wants to bring to us the destruction, the, the bad side of things. And um, when, when you read this, at this time where they were at is they were traveling to different houses and they were meeting in different houses. And guess what? When you go to somebody else's house, you don't get served the same food that you're used to eating at home. You get served all kinds of different foods. But even when you sit at the table to take in that food, you've got to be in Thanksgiving for it because you see what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I've had friends that go to other countries. They go to Africa and all these places, and they're like, I sat at the table, and they had, like, eyeballs. 
And I'm like, <laughs> like I don't know, bro, I don't know, brother, about all that. <laughs> I don't know about all that. A pig cut in half up on the table. I'm like, I don't know about that, Jesus. And he's like, yeah, and guess what? You need to be in Thanksgiving for it. Even though it's different, even though it's something you normally don't have or consume, that you be in Thanksgiving in that process. Because the minute that you're not, that's, that's a blessing. And how they believe is it's a blessing. They're giving all they have to you on that table. The best of the best of what they have is what they're trying to give you. And it's a sacrifice for them to give that to you. And that's the way that I've always viewed things. You know, um, <laughs> I was thinking about this this morning, and me and my husband were having a discussion about it because there was times that I had received things in the natural, and maybe somebody's motive wasn't right. Maybe their motive wasn't good. Maybe they had an agenda with whatever it was they were giving me. And, and I started thinking about this and praying on this this morning, and I was like, that's what this scripture says that receive everything in thanksgiving, receive every blessing that I'm sending to you. And once you pray over it, once you pray over something, it becomes good from the Lord. You see what I'm saying? So even if somebody had a bad motive towards you or a bad way towards you, you can pray over that thing and it becomes good from the Lord and it becomes a blessing to you rather than a curse, rather than some kind of thing that is not of the Lord. You can shift that thing and speak over it because the authority God puts inside of you and you begin to take that thing as a blessing and no longer you see it the same. See, we get caught up with thinking, well, why did they give it to me? And we go through this whole process like, what's the motive? What's the agenda? What's this? What's that? And in our mind, we're processing thinking. And it's like, hey, just take it because it's still blessing. It's blessing. Pray over it. Pray over it. And, and, and let me bless you through this. What does it say? <laughs> it says what our enemies would even bless us, right? <laughs> but we can't perceive that sometimes. We always have to see the good in something. Because if we don't see the good in something, we will not value it. it you know, our, 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 our seeing the good in something, it leads you to precise prayer for something. I was I was praying about this the other day. Even when um, even when you're sick, when you're sick, I, I have problems with my knees. Everybody knows that now, and they pray for me all day, all night, and I'm so thankful for that. But the other day, I I came on this video, and sometimes my days are worse than others, and so I have to see it as. God, you're gonna, you're, this is a blessing. Watch. This is going to be a blessing for me. I think my Ooh. husband shared on this the other day. This is going to become a testimony for me. Right. And I'm waiting on the Lord, and I'm just, like, professing that, declaring that, because I'm not going to agree with the sickness. And so um, I saw this video the other day, and this guy, um, he was walking his dog outside, and he only, had one, he only had one right leg, and he didn't have a left leg. And the Lord has been showing me things like that on purpose to, to continue to gear me towards thanksgiving. Right. 
And I'm like, you know, I can sit here and I can complain about the pain in my knees, or I can sit here and thank him for both my legs. Because this man was walking his dog, and I don't know about you, but having one leg is a hard situation to go through. And I said, you know, I can't complain about what I'm dealing with now because I won't see the blessing in it. That I'm blessed with two legs and not just one. You may be going through a different type of sickness and you're suffering from it right now. And you just have to come to the Lord with the processing of of a kingdom mindset to say, man, um, Lord, I'm I'm thankful for my healing. You got to speak opposite than what you're feeling like because your emotions will drive you to say things out of your mouth that you are agreeing more with the enemy than with the Lord and with the heavens and what the kingdom of God is speaking. You know, um, (laughs) if your bones hurt, thank you, Lord, for healing my bones. Thank you, Lord, for sending the oil for my bones not to hurt anymore. You know. The Lord's funny with me. He'll send me like songs. He'll send me songs. And sometimes when I'm going up the stairs, because it's hard for me to go upstairs sometimes, you know, there's, and, and, and the religious mindset, <laughs> you may have a hard time with this, but maybe some something needs to be set free. But I always hear that song, these boots were made for walking. I sent this somebody. And, um, and then after that, it says, these boots were made for walking, and walking is what they'll do. One of these days, these boots are going to walk all over you. But I see it towards the enemy. I'm like, these knees and these legs were made for walking, and that's just what they'll do. That one of these days, I'm going to jump in here for God, and I'm going to be healed, and God's going to get the glory. You see what I'm saying? So everything's a blessing. (laughs) In heaven, there's always rejoicing. (laughs) We had a class the other night, and um, um, on Thursday night of of teaching and equipping, and um, in this class, um, Apostle Pete shared this about verses, Revelations 4 through 8. And I wanted to share that again because as he was releasing it that night, we felt the shift in the atmosphere in here, and we could feel the Lord coming in here. And it says, each of these living beings had six, this is talking about heaven, okay? Had six wings, and their wings were covered all over with eyes, inside out, day after day, night after night. Didn't we sing that this morning? Day and night, night and day, let incense arise. See what I'm saying? (laughs) This is where that comes from. And they keep saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord, the the almighty, the one who always was, who is, and is, is still to come. Whenever the living beings give glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down and worship the one sitting on the throne and the one who lives forever and ever, and they lay their crowns before the throne and they say, you are worthy, O Lord, O God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things. A long time ago, I had this encounter with the Lord. And I read that verse 
And I told the Lord, see, when I read things of the word, I tell the Lord, let it come alive in my spirit. Let me have an encounter with you of that experience that you're talking about in your word. Because if it's in your word, it's alive. It's not dead. And if it's alive, then it can be alive in our spirit and what we see and in our prayer and worship time. That it becomes alive inside of you. That you have an encounter with the word. And then you're, then nobody can ever tell you or shift you in any way in deception that that word isn't true anymore. So I came to the Lord and I said, God, I said, I, I want to I see what this looks like. I want to see, like, what does it look like when the elders bring their crowns? You know, elders has had a bad stench on it. I'm just saying. The elders sometimes don't look like the elders we're talking about here. And we're praying and we're asking God for that humility, for that grace over them. Because what they did is they took their gifts. They took their authority. Your crown represents your authority. And they brought it at the king's feet on the throne of God. And they pretty much say holy, holy to give honor and glory back to God with all that they were given, that they would give it back to God. And I remember being there in worship one night, and I said, God, I'm nothing without you. See, when you chase after the gifts more than you chase after God, there's a problem with that. And I really believe this generation has missed that. They've been so infatuated with the gifting that they've missed the encounters and the intimacy with the Lord and encountering him by bringing their crowns and their gifts and everything of who they are and laying it down at his feet to give him honor and glory. Not that they would get the honor and glory, but the Lord of all lords would get glory again and they would, and he would receive back what is due back to him. Because he's worthy of the praise. He's worthy of the gifting. He's worthy of our crowns that he gave us to give back to him. He's looking for friends he can trust. Can he trust you with your gift? I don't ever want to hold more than I need to hold of the things of God. And gifts are valuable. But we become familiar with our gifts sometimes. We become so familiar with our gift that we think it's real cute to go on Facebook Live and release prophecy and revelation like it's just an everyday thing. When heaven speaks to you, let me tell you, that heaven speaking to you is supposed to bring transformation. Transformation of your heart and transformation of your mind. And if you're releasing and releasing things out of the timing of the Lord, that effect will not be the same. It will fall to the ground and wither away. And when I first came to the Lord, that was something that I had to learn very hard to value the gift and to value the prophecy, and to value those areas of the kingdom of God and not to take them lightly, that I would just be spewing things out because it made me look better, because it made men drawn to me. 
I don't want men drawn to me. I want men drawn, women and men to be drawn to the Almighty One, to the Creator of all things. What do I have to give them? I have nothing to give man. But he has everything to give man. So me has to be removed for him to get the glory. To lay my gifts and my crowns down at his feet again. Matthew 6.10 says, your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not my will, not what I want to do, what I think is a good idea, but his will come to pass. True blessings from heaven, they look like that. When we learn to identify true blessings, we are in thanksgiving. If you have not been in your thanksgiving part of your life and you shut that down to complaining or other things, then get back to where you need to be and ask God, ask Holy Spirit to help you identify the true blessings the Lord has for you this season. You're a blessed man. You're a blessed woman. And I pray God show you. Psalms 104 and verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give him thanks to him and praise his name. A lot of us don't look like that. A lot of us don't look like we're in thanksgiving and we're in the courts of praise and giving him thanks and praise in his name. We're good when we're in a corporate setting here, but when we get home, something happens. Something shuts down of our thanksgiving and our praise. And you can't just hear it and see it here in a corporate setting. You've got to take that home with you. Acts 2.28, you have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. You know why you get depressed and you feel miserable sometimes? Because you haven't been in the presence that produces the joy that you're looking for. The path of your life is the joy in the presence. If I'm not in the presence of enough, you can be in your, let me tell you something. This is the difference between religious and a living word and all of that. You can be in your word every day and not be in his presence. That's true. I agree. And guess what? Your, your joy will be stolen from. Yes, you can read the word right in front of you, but if, it doesn't ha if, it, if it's not living inside of you, in your spirit, in your spirit man, then depression can still fall on you even as a believer. You know, doubt can fall on you even as a believer. Disbelief can fall on you as a believer if you're not in the presence of God, filling yourself with his refreshing and his joy. Just as they were saying the, this morning, the winds of change, the winds are refreshing to us. But some people woke up this morning saying, man, it's cold outside. I don't like this kind of weather. But when you look at it in the spiritual side, when you see things in the spirit, you're going to walk outside and feel, you can close your eyes and feel the wind flow on top of your face. And only God can do that. 
Only God can produce wind. And then I'm like, then you come in Thanksgiving and see it as a blessing and say, God, thank you for sending the wind that removes the debris. Thank you for cleaning our streets of Brian. Moving all the junk out of the way. You see, there's a perception, the kingdom mindset, how you perceive things. And it can be waved. Let's just stand this morning. It can be waved so fast, I tell you. But I want to encourage you this morning that you learn how to identify your blessings. You know, sometimes we can even be familiar with each other. We can become familiar with people that have been placed in our lives to help us grow. I've done it with my own leaders. I was talking to my leader the other day, and I was like, <sighs> I was like, forgive me, man. I remember those times where I had some issues and problems, and they just, she just started laughing. She was like, oh, my God, you're freaking hilarious. That was years ago. And I was like, no, my perception has changed now. My kingdom mindset has changed now. God is growing <laughs> inside of me. I don't look at things the same, and thank God I don't. I was a different person back then. And so <laughs> if we can just learn how to identify the blessings of our everyday blessings in our life, then we come in Thanksgiving and we encounter joy again. Amen. It's like when you have, you know, like we have this new car now. Thank you, Jesus. And, <laughs> and my husband's like, don't leave no trash. Keep it clean. Don't do this. Don't do that. <laughs> And I, <laughs> and I walked into my old truck the other day. My, my son cleaned my old truck really nice and beautiful. And I walked in there and I sat in it. <laughs> and I said, thank you, Lord, for this vehicle too. And I started laying my hands. I know this is crazy, right? I know some of you, it's a stretch. But I laid my hands over it and I just said, thank you, Lord, for my old vehicle. Thank you, Lord, for all the miles, for all the states that you used it to take me to minister your word, to bring breakthrough to people in other, in other states that you used it for. Thank you for every part that you did with this vehicle that I can't even conceive in my mind the seeds that were sown to people. I can't even uh, think the way you think, Lord. And when I started doing that, I just felt the love of the Lord come in. See, when you get in Thanksgiving, it excites the Lord. He says, that's my son and my daughter, and they sound and look like me. That's why in heaven, they throw themselves on the floor, and they're saying, holy, holy, holy. And then it stops, and then it happens all over again. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Why does it happen over and over again? Because they're overwhelmed with the goodness of God and the glory of God in the throne room that they can't say or do anything else because they encounter his presence and they encounter the, the moment of just rejoicing with the Lord. There's joy in heaven. Some of us would be offended with heaven because there's so much joy. Like you would probably get there and say, man, is that real? Yeah, it's real, all the joy. It's a pure 
joy from heaven and purity. <laughs> That's the blanket that comes over us in Thanksgiving. <coughs> God, we thank you right now, Lord. We thank you for waking us up this morning, Lord. We thank you for the breath in our lungs this morning, Lord. God, we thank you for your strength this morning, God. We thank you for your joy this morning, God. <laughs> God, shift our mindsets. Transform our minds this morning, God. Transform the way we think, God. Transform our character and our nature, God, that we look and sound more like you than anything else, God. God, we ask for refreshing right now from the winds that you send this morning, Lord. Remove the debris off our eyes. Remove the debris on our, our shields of faith, God. <laughs> Remove everything that's not of you, God. Even things that we've put there ourselves, God. Not even realizing we do it, God. God, remove it right now in the name of Jesus. We speak it over every household here today. We speak it over every person that's watching right now in the name of Jesus. Teach us your ways, God. Fill our mouths, fill our bellies, what to pray, what to say, God. That our authority that you've given us will not be misused anymore, God. We will not abuse the authority you give us, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Just keep worshiping him. Keep praising him this morning in your worship right now. There's some things, you know, I just want to call up the prayer team up here right now. Because if there's something you need this morning, maybe you're lacking joy. Maybe you need a touch from God this morning. Maybe you need the refreshing winds to flow over your face this morning. Maybe you need a touch from God of healing this morning. Come up and receive it. Have somebody partner with you and agreeing with you for your breakthrough this morning. God is a faithful God, and you're never alone. Never are you alone. So just come up and receive the goodness of God this morning. If you need prayer this morning, our prayer team's up here to pray.